show here at the Upgrade Mentality. I'm with the great uh, Megan Benfero. So let's go over a bit of an introduction for this great athlete in front of me. So for you guys that know her or don't know her, and if you don't know her, you should get to know her. Her name is Megan Benfero. She's a Canadian Olympic diver. She competed at the 10 meter synchronized event where she won bronze in the 2012 and 2016 Olympic Games. And where she also won bronze in the single 10 meter platform event. She competes in both. Her resume doesn't end there, guys. She, in total, she participated in four, one, two, three, four, four Olympic Games. She's won 19 medals, including five gold medals split between the Olympic, World Championships, Commonwealth Games, and Pan American Games. She's one of the most decorated Canadian athletes. She's an inspiration, not only for Canadians alike, but also for women and a beautiful success story for families having to migrate to Canada from another country. Welcome, Megan Benfero. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very, very good. Guys, um, if you guys that know that don't know, I'll tell you right away. Uh, I know Megan since a long time ago. I kind of known her for a long time ago, but no. Uh, I know her, know her now. I've been training her family now for the last three. It's about. Three years, right? Three years I've been training her family. And uh, one of the most, the most tight-knit families I've ever seen. A lot of love, a lot of support, and it's not for nothing that she's where she is today, considering the fact that her family is such a beautiful family. So, let's get going with the first question. Megan, um, first of all, for all the viewers that don't know you, because okay, a lot of them know you, but for those that don't know you, can you talk about your origins growing up in Montreal? How was it? Uh, so, I am... Born here in Montreal, obviously, to a Portuguese family, uh, both sides, my mom and my dad. Um, they, I want to say, halfway um, of having kids, my grandparents uh, came to Montreal. Uh, they're both from the Azores as well, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Montreal, the Azores, which is absolutely beautiful. I've been there a couple of times and uh, sometimes don't know why they came to Canada, but hey. Um, so yeah, so halfway, uh, I have some uncles and aunts that are born in Portugal, some of them that are born here, so at least uh, it's, it's a very um, different kind of family. Um, so yeah, so I was born here, uh, I have two younger sisters, a bunch of cousins, uh, and a huge family. Um, and yeah, I think um, it's just absolutely amazing to have a big family like that because uh, kind of just makes you grow up um, with friends forever. Um, on my dad's side, my dad, my, my grandfather had a, a grocery store um, that changed a million times their name. So um, I, it ended with Le Pet Sportial that was on uh, Hotel de Ville and Rachel, really in the Portugal um, side of town. So uh, everybody knew my grandfather and uh, he's, he's missed right now. Oh, um, guys, for you guys, well, like she just mentioned, right? Her family was, uh, they owned a, uh, what we call her, dépanneur, okay, or a marché. And for the longest time, a lot of Portuguese people always tell me, ah, the best chorizo, chorizo, which is a Portuguese sausage, is from the Menfeiros. The Menfeiros, they make the best chorizo. But it is, um, like, it, I, I feel like, yeah, okay, he was my grandfather, but like, I've been to Portugal, I tasted it there, doesn't taste the same. We have to settle for what there is now, but it, it's just, it's not that, I feel like it's that homey uh, taste that, that, that's missing, but 
I was told it was the best, and uh, it is what it is. She's biased, guys. <laughs> Before the show, the dad told it better talk about the Cherie, so I don't fuck around. Um, so obviously you're an Olympic diver, you're uh, one of the most decorated athletes like I mentioned before. How did you get started in diving? How was your first experience like? Tell us about that. Uh, so I started swimming. Um, I mean, you kind of have to know how to swim. I feel like <laughs> being from Portugal, I, and, and they have water around them, but like almost all my uncles and aunts no don't know how to swim. swim. No one else to swim. Uh, so my parents, they just put me into swimming, and um, I think I was four. Uh, and from four to seven, I did swimming classes. And then at seven, um, after every swim class, they would always bring us to the diving boards. Mm. Um, and I, I was kind of that kid that, that would always play with the boys, that would have scraped knees, play hockey in the lanes, um, and just always have fun. And I feel like it was that adrenaline that like kind of drew me in and um, so every time we'd be on the diving boards jumping off of it feeling like you're flying um, I also watched Alex Depatsi, Emily Haymans which were huge names in diving and I just remember going back home and being like mommy I want to be a diver and I've never looked back since what an amazing story you guys and for you guys that obviously you guys uh, don't know her immediate family but her dad is actually, uh, he's almost 60, guys, and I train a lot of people, okay? And I can tell you that this man is, he's so athletic, like full body athletics, he should be Arthur Athletics, okay? Just because the immense, the amount of talent he has and the amount of, of things that he can do for his age, which is pretty impressive, you look at him, he doesn't give you, he doesn't look like the greatest athlete, right? Let's no, to be no. honest between me and you, but he's so impressive and not only, him, but also even his twin sisters, they're really, really impressive. And even in extent to their cousin Cyrus and, and Mel and Amy and all of them that I've trained. So guys, it's for sure an athletic gene. There's something running in the family. I don't know if 150 years it's ago, the ben two, 2000 years ago, there must have been somebody fighting in the, in, as a gladiator, okay? Um, so coming back to the Olympic Games. Your first Olympic Games was in 2012 in London. 2008. 2008 in, in London. Beijing. In Beijing, sorry. <laughs> Got my facts right or wrong there. In 2008 in Beijing. Um, for a lot of people, for a lot of athletes, they say that uh, their first Olympics, or this, at least the Olympics, mm -hmm. is one of the greatest moments in their lives. Can you, what do you, how do you see it? How did you live it? I feel like um, the Olympics are, uh, the goal for almost any athlete, um, especially in amateur sports, because that's what we train for. Um, and being so young, you kind of always watch your idols. Uh, you watch them at the Olympic Games. I remember watching Emily Hammonds, which was my idol when I started diving, and I am so grateful for having the chance to train with her. And then going to my first Olympics, I went to two Olympics with her. Um, so that was absolutely amazing. But just growing up and watching them and seeing how proud they are and seeing how hard they work, walking into that pool in Beijing in 2008, and it's something that I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life because it's it's breathtaking. It's you you see the Olympic rings everywhere and you're like, okay, like I actually made it. Like right. I've, I've finally made it. I've worked hard, um, but it's just that that feeling where it like. It brings you to tears because you know all the sacrifices that you've gone through to get to that that moment and then Living those first Olympics obviously you go there you want to win you don't compete not to win You compete to, to win gold all the time or to win a game or whatever it is 
Um, but it was just to, to take everything in, is to, to gain the experience. Um, it really wasn't the best event that we had. Me and, the, and my single partner, Rosin, we finished seventh out of eight teams. We were ranked third. Uh, we could have been on the podium, but just being there, um, I was 19, Rosie was 21. Um, being the younger ones on the team, not knowing what to expect, I think it was just really to, to, to gain all that, the experience and to do absolutely everything. We went to the opening ceremonies, the closing ceremonies, we, uh, we went and watched baseball. Um, me and Rosie want to watch baseball. We watched the water polo, uh, not the water polo. She's the only person I know that likes baseball, guys. Love Let's baseball. Get Big fan of baseball. Um, but yeah, like you, you just want to take everything in um, because it's your first Olympics and you don't know if you're going to make more. You right. don't know, like, you know that you're going to continue. Um, for me, it was to continue as long as I could, but you, you still don't know if you're going to make the next Olympics. So you just want to take everything in. Um, so that's what I remember from my Olympics, and then obviously watching um, Alex Patsy and Emily Haymans win their medals, uh, being there, watching your idols just do the best that they, they could that day was, I remember almost passing out watching Emily uh, because I was yelling so loud. Um, <laughs> as a Portuguese trait, guys, by the way. Being loud as a Portuguese trait, guys, don't get it twisted. Um, so yeah, so it's just, it, it's, it's really enjoying your time, and it, it's, it's kind of something that it, it's hard to explain to someone that doesn't live it because you don't know how big the Olympics are, but like it, it's huge, it's fun, it's being around people that understand you, uh, that have gone through the same sacrifices, um, with, with sacrifices of not going to school or sacrifices of being injured and things like that. So it's just that that's really the, the what I take away from my first month. How was it to put that Canadian flag on your back and you know going through the ceremony and stuff? It must have been that. I, I obviously I never lived it right, but as a person that watches a lot of sports and watches like I think everybody watches the opening ceremony because it's so mm -hmm. beautiful for us at home. How was it for you as an athlete and having to sacrifice all of your life to get to that point? It's it's crazy to think because you you don't even know how you're gonna feel until you actually walk out into the stadium. Um, what I learned is that Canada, even before I got there, is that they sing the national anthem before walking out. Mm. And that's something that, it, it, it gives you goosebumps because you're like, well, okay, like, I'm part of this team. I'm yeah. part of this team that's gonna compete for Canada. Um, Canada that's recognized as one of the best countries out there just because uh, we're close, um, everybody cares for each other. Uh, so just having that feeling, walking out, was incredible. It's like, it, it brings you to tears, but they're, they're happy tears because it, it, it's like it's finally happening, happening and then you walk out and you see your flag bearer with the flag just waving and you're like, okay, like, it, it's real. It's actually real. Gives, yeah. gives goosebumps. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know your parents uh, and I know how important uh, good parenting is to become a successful athlete and everything that goes around with it. So the question I have for you is, your parents obviously played a large role in your success. Tell us about having a strong foundation for succeeding, not only in sports, mm -hmm. but also in life. I'm trying to answer without crying because I love my parents and I honestly, I don't think I would be not only the athlete that I, that I am today, but the person I am today. Um, to me, they, they, they kind of just put me into a sport which was swimming, and it just because I needed to learn how to swim. Right. Uh, I fell in love with diving, and they never forced me to dive. And I feel like that's something that parents have to learn. 
is you can put your, your, your kid into any sport that they want, and when they fall in love with something, leave them. Right. So, like, they, they have to really enjoy what they do, and if you force them because, um, I don't know, let's say my dad had a son and he really wanted to play hockey, but he didn't like hockey. You can't force someone right. to do something that they don't like. They're not going to enjoy it, they're not going to have fun, they're not going to... They're not going to go far because they don't want to be there. Right, um, right, so right. having my parents just let me do what I want. And then if they wanted to punish me, it was, you're not boy diving today. And oh. I was like, no, do your homework. No, but okay, I'll do my homework because I want to go diving. And I genuinely love diving. And right. I didn't have parents that forced me and like, you have to go diving. You have to be good. You have to make the Olympics. You have to do this. It was more, you do what you want. It is what it is. If you're happy with your results, Good. Like obviously they're upset when I don't do well, but it's it's at the end of the day it's I'm the one that's diving. So just having their support and being there for me, I think that's what brought me this far, and right. that's what what helps you the most. Because when you have supportive supportive parents, um, regardless if you win or lose, they're always going to be there for you, and you're always going to be loved. And I think that's what's the most important. And that's what my parents and have done for me. And Still today, I'm 32 years old, and my dad's like, "Okay, hey, when are you going training?" And like, "Let's go. You need to train. You like, you have to go." And and I feel like that's like that's the support that an athlete needs or a child needs. And I, I would not be here without my parents. And I I am grateful for them. I thank them from the bottom of my heart because obviously um, without them, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been here. But um, even my sisters. Um, I always mention them because they have gone through a lot. I mean, um, as an Olympic athlete, I'm never home, and it's always about Megan. It's always, oh, Megan's right. here, Megan's there, Megan can't make it to a family uh, event. Can we move the date? Can it? And then my sisters are always known as the sisters of Megan Van Fado. Right. But to me, they know me as Megan, their sister. Yes, yes, So it's yes, a lot yes. of sacrifices for them as well. And um, again, I can't thank them enough. For, for, for doing that and um, I always try to remind everybody that will say oh Megan 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 it's like yeah but Chelsea and Alicia are here too yeah. Um, so yeah so just just my really close family um, grateful for all the support that, that they have given me and honestly I wouldn't have done it without them because I feel like every time I would leave it was always I, I miss my sisters because mm. we're like that close Right. How does that dynamic play out? Let's say, for example, in your sense, right? You're saying that you know you have two sisters. By the way, her sisters are two twins, right, guys? So um, how would how does that dynamic play out? Where you know, and a lot of children, and I think a lot of families that are not as so um, sound like yours is or tight knit like yours. It's very easy for other children or for the family to get jealous of that mm -hmm. kid that's progressing, that's doing a sport, yeah. right? Uh, how did your parents deal with that and trying to balance it all, kind of? Um, I feel like it, it, it just came naturally because me and my sisters are close. Uh, they tried diving, they hated it. They absolutely, like, they, they didn't understand how I fell in love with it. They were very good in school. Um, and they just, they, they, my parents just let us do what we love. Right. Um, like, okay, yes, they tried diving, yes, they tried karate, yes, they tried tennis. And it wasn't, you have to try it. Like, you have to do this. It was more, you don't like it? Okay, next sport. If you don't like anything, it's just do what you love. And I feel like um, my parents love us just the way we are. It's not, 
like Megan's the best out of the three or right. Megan's the most loved out of the three like we were just all always together everything we would do would be in a family like it wasn't unless we weren't around but like mm. it was always okay we're going to this place well all five of us go together like it wasn't one is picked over the other I still think my dad prefers Alicia and then my mom likes Chelsea and then I'm just the oddball but they're gonna say the complete uh, opposite all parents are gonna, <laughs> what are you gonna say no it's not true it's but not true. no I feel like the way that we grew up we just grew up the three of us together right we, I would do anything for my sisters and I know that they would do the same thing for me so I feel like that's easier um, but again, it's the way we grew up, and I know that some families are completely different. Like we, I have teammates that are there are three girls, and like the the, the middle one's the better one, or the the yes. older one's the better one, and, and they want to rip their heads. Apart. Exactly, and like it's hard to watch because I'm so close to my sisters and so close to my parents. But um, again, it's to just leave your kids do what they love. It's it's so much easier at the end of the day. Such a good point. Um, your last Olympic Games, uh, we can say it was a sad one for you, right? You can I'm still laughing though. <laughs> we can say it was a it was a sad one for you, finishing in the semis, and your partner Kaylee Mackay, not McKay, because she was like Ryan, yeah. it's Mackay, not McKay. She'll oh, give even you shit. I make the mistake. It's okay. She'll give you shit if you don't say well. Uh, having her ankle broken, not being able to perform mm -hmm. at the heights that she wanted to perform. How was the last Olympics Games for you on a personal level? Because obviously we know as an athlete it pisses you off, mm -hmm. but as a on a personal level, how did you feel? Um, honestly, I was I was happy. Um, a lot of people are gonna say it's rough to finish fourth and thirteenth, yeah. like right out of the podium and then right out of the finals. Um, but I feel like so much has gone on in the last year. Uh, the pandemic where it postponed the Olympics um, as an athlete you kind of like kind of set your goals or your your objectives within the four years not five years yes. and um, even if I said that I was probably going to go on an extra year it wasn't for the Olympics it was like the Olympics were going to be in 2020 and I was going to go to the world championships in 2021 mm. um, and then not being able to train like a lot of people will think oh but it's just three months off out of the pool but well, three, three months, months is, is a lot it's, like it's, two weeks out of the pool is sometimes like way too long so that was hard and the fact that i pushed through all of that right. and still made it to the olympics um that's what i'm the most happy about and, and like to have sacrificed all of that where i could have just pulled the plug and been like, hey, I'm, I'm done, Together, I've gone yeah. through enough. Um, and then obviously the fire in January 2021, um, where I could have easily just been like, you know what, cool. I mean, I've done a lot, I've done enough for diving, I've been around for 25 years, that to me, I, like, was the easy way out, but that's not who I am. Right. And I feel like the fact that I pushed through all of that, that's what I'm the most happy about. And then obviously with Kaylee's foot, um, you, but at the same time, you never know, right? You, like we finished fourth by in diving. Point fifty is really is, is this much. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that if she did have both her feet, that we would have been fourth or on the podium. Yeah. So the fact that we were able to push through all of that, to me, um, these Olympics, that's what it meant. I feel like it's not only me. I, like I was even talking to uh, one of my teammates a couple of days ago, and I said, regardless of the results, I feel like all the Olympics were based around 
this like the stories behind the athletes mm, right, and right. not just results like we weren't always focused on results yes we're all there for medals but it was nicer to watch uh, Simone Biles pull out of her event because of mental health um, me not making the finals when I was a bronze medalist in 2016 then you had like you had stories like that that were so much more intense and so much nicer to live through than actually just me going living through all that and winning a medal like it would have been like too good to come true yeah so I feel like in the long run I'm happy I'm disappointed with the results but happy that I sacrificed everything I had I pushed through everything and I made it there uh, it's actually funny that you mentioned Simone Biles and, and your and your partner having her ankle your ankle broken. Sometimes you go through that adversity, right? And you know, sometimes you think, well, like you're talking before about how you went three months without training. Well, in a sport like yours, that's so precise. Mm-hmm. You know, every day, every week that goes by without your training yeah. can really affect your training. And I and it. it it must have been the case for a lot of athletes. Some athletes, you know, the, the, the government still permitted them to train mm-hmm. and stuff. But the case in Canada, while well, you guys were yep. complete shutdown, right? You were trained from home, going back to the I did, I did. I pulled out the mattress from <laughs> the, the guest room, put it in the living room. It was, it was rough. Right. Um, obviously, we've seen the success in uh, Canadian women in the last Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. Winning most of the medals for uh, Canada. But not only that, Leila Fernandez now in tennis, coming to the yeah. finals. Um, do you, how, in your estimate, how is the health of sports for women in Canada right now at the moment? I, it's a tough question because I feel like it's, it's not where it should be. Mm. I feel like we still have to talk about it. We still have to, 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 to show that women, like they're, they're good. They're like, like we have Layla, we had the women's soccer, we yes. had the women's hockey. Right. Um, it, it was just crazy to watch right. and, and like to see that and to to keep seeing it because in 2016 too most of the medals were won by females mm. and the fact that sometimes we don't get the recognition that we deserve it's hard but i feel like this summer it kind of showed like like it, it it's getting there it, yeah it's nice to watch and it, it's so nice I, we're really close at the at the um, the Olympic Stadium, which is the, uh, the institute for, for sports, um, I trained with the women's hockey team, and to watch them win was like the happiest moment yeah. <laughs> because I trained with them. I see them, it's I crazy. see the hard yeah, work. Right. Um, I know I met Layla at the Olympics, um, so t- to know someone personally and see the success, you just feel so much happier. And to watch or to, to see people watch it, like we just found out that the women's finals at the tennis, the US Open, was more, more watched than the men's finals. There you go. It just means women's sports or women in sports is becoming more popular and it feels good to see that. Um, I know that we have a, little, a lot of little girls coming up in diving um, that, that are looking up to us and if I can bring a little girl into diving or to live her dreams, I know that my job is is done, and if it's in diving or if it's in another sport, like good, good, yeah, because um, that's what we we do it for is mostly that. Um, but just I feel like uh, we have to keep pushing. We're always gonna have to keep pushing, mm-hmm. uh, but we're gonna get there one day. One day. Very impressive talking about actually the the the, the Canadian uh, soccer team that won gold yeah. in the Olympics, which is a first. And you know, it's, it's been a while, right? There were Kim. They were reaching the semis, finals, yeah. losing, you know, and finally 
get seeing them get their gold, it was not just impressive for you that maybe trained yeah. with some of these athletes, but also for us at home, right? Watching that scene, we're like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Which it is was, it was beautiful, and I feel like also for soccer, um, it's good because we don't have that many soccer right. the players, like the girls that play soccer or girls that play hockey. Yes, I feel like it's not. It's not a man's sport. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a man's sport. No, exactly. Yeah. And the fact that they won and they finally beat the U.S. It was it was beautiful to watch. I feel like I almost cried. I was in the plane watching or keeping um, tabs tabs on the on the women's soccer because I was on my way back right. home. Um, but it was announced in the plane. Uh, everybody was aware that they were playing and they were winning and they were. Um, so yeah, so it was fun to watch, and it's 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 just nice to see that the girls are keep like they're gonna keep pushing regardless if they think that we're not as good as the men, but uh, we're still here. We're pushing uh, as much as we can. Like I say, keep looking fine in the vine like that glass of wine. That's what that's the most important part. Okay? <laughs> uh, next question here: um, Being an Olympian obviously takes a lot of sacrifice and willpower, right? And your estimate. What would you say is the most important mental attribute one person needs, not only in sports to succeed, but also in life? Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say one because I don't think it just takes one. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it takes um, a lot of things. Um, in my case, it was um, sacrifice, determination, perseverance, resilience. Um, resilience really came out in the last year, I feel like, with everything that happened. Um, to always look at the positive side of things um, is what kind of stood out for me but um, in sports or outside of sports I keep saying to the younger ones when I speak to them it's, you can have a dream and it's to believe in that dream it yeah. could be uh, to go to the Olympics it can be to become a doctor it can be to become uh, absolutely anything in life or just have that one goal is always to believe in them um, to me hard work and, and determination is to know that your dream can come true. Good point. Um, yeah. I feel like it could be uh, like literally anything like you want to buy uh, yourself an iPhone and you work towards that dream. You, you, you keep your money aside, you save your money and then when you get that phone you're like yeah, like, yeah, I did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a lot of sacrifice, a lot of deter determination. Um, there's people that do it completely different. For me, my sacrifice was um, I kind of my, my social. Uh, I didn't go out, um, didn't have a lot of friends outside of diving. Uh, all my friends were really inside of diving. Um, I after high school, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to Sejep because to me, um, I like to be perfect in my things, right. uh, and I couldn't split my time. I didn't want to go to school and then not get good grades. I would have been really upset at myself. Um, but you have to be willing to do those sacrifices. You have to be okay with them. Um, you have to, um, and it's okay to cry. To me, that's something that I tell the kids too. Uh, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have your- Yes, being vulnerable your, is very important. Yeah, for your, sure. Your moments, um, especially in the last year with the, like the fire, the pandemic, I think I cried almost every day. Um, but it brought me to where I am today and I'm happy um, because I feel like everything happens for a reason and if you're able to push through, like nothing in life comes easy. Right, Unfortunately, like it's, it's, it's hard work, it's sacrifices, it's 
And having that goal or having that dream there, regardless how hard it is, um, when you get there and when it comes true, the satisfaction of it coming true is like, okay, like, it, I'll do that all over again. So like, just being at the Tokyo Olympics to me was a goal itself. Yes, I wanted medals. Everybody wants medals, but that was my goal was to get there. And I did, and it's like, I'll cry every single day if I have to. Um, so that's something that I keep telling the kids is it doesn't take just one thing, it takes the whole package and you you have to be willing um, to get criticism mm. you're gonna have to it, it's not because let's say you're in a sport that your coach tells you oh that was really bad right 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 because by him telling you or her telling you that it wasn't good now you're gonna know what to work on for it to be better yes and then I also say it's always you learn more from losing than from when you win 100%. because when you're always on top then you have nothing to work on but when you lose then you're like okay that I did wrong that I have to work on mm. this I did whereas you that's how you learn yeah you have to be constructive yeah. in your criticism so, so right there's 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 all those things that bring you to realize your dream and you have to be willing to work towards them it's uh, such a beautiful thing you talked about right about believing mm -hmm. believing and having that determination because I've always said to people that uh, the belief is your car, determination is your gas, mm -hmm, right? Exactly. And if you if you don't believe in what you're doing, if you don't believe that you're the best in your domain, if you don't have that belief, it's gonna be very hard for you to have that determination that follows that belief, yes. right? Exactly. You're not gonna want to sacrifice being a plumber if you think of yourself as being uh, <laughs> the the five hundred thousand best plumber in the world, right? Yes. You want to think of yourself as the best, the best. So if you want to be the best, you gotta put the sacrifice and you gotta be determined to exactly. become. The best, which is a very, very good point. Um, as an athlete, obviously, uh, an Olympic athlete like yourself, such a high level athlete, we go through high moments and low moments. How do you navigate winning one day and losing the other day? Because a lot of people, you know, they think that winning is a, is a linear, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's linear, right? You're always yeah. winning, winning until you get to the top. But we know in sports and life in general, <laughs> it, like it doesn't work like that, right? <laughs> so. There are moments where you're going to win, there are moments where you're going to lose. How do you navigate never getting too low, never getting too high? Uh, that's a good question because I used to, um, I hate losing. And that comes from my father. Right. It's your, your, when you're second, you're, you're first place loser. <laughs> it's like winning is everything but losing sucks. Ah, so so good. I feel like um, I used to be really bad at losing, like you, you, you get upset, you get angry, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, but like I said, by losing, that's when you learn the most. Right. So it makes winning so much better. Mm. Um, it, it, it's hard at moments, and then when I met Alex, my boyfriend, he kind of made me realize that uh, regardless of the results, you have to look at um, the journey, or like what you did to get there. Um, it, it's very important to have uh, something positive every day. So let's say I would train, even if I would have really, really bad practice or I would cry, he would always ask me, but was there something positive? Like, look for something positive yes. that you did today. Right. And then I'd be like, okay, well, I did this positive. Like, this was good. This was, like, my coach was happy with this. So focus on that. Right. Don't always focus on the negative because you can get into a very dark yes. place when it's negative. Yes. And I feel like that also helped me towards the Olympics to feel 
happy with my mm -hmm. results, to, to feel okay with being 13th. Everybody was super upset at me being 13th and I was like, oh, but I did this okay and this dive is okay. And then, so always look at the positive side and I feel like, like I said, winning, you're so happy when you win, but you don't learn anything. So I feel like that's something that I learned throughout my career. Uh, when I was really young, I was really bad right, at losing. Right. Um, but it's, a, you kinda, it's, a, it's a maturation process, yeah, right, for sure. Like you, you, you learn and you, like you always want to win. And it was like it was also something where when Rosie was around, my my partner that had retired in 2016, we were always on the podium. Um, in the synchro event, and then when I switched with Kaylee, uh, we were usually fourth. And it's like, okay, well, why can't we be on the podium? And then yeah. you kind of realize you're like, no, like we have to work together. Uh, we have to see the positive side. Like we're a newer team. Um, the judges don't know us. We're also a judge sport, so sometimes Jeez. it's um, they don't always give you the benefit of the doubt. So you have to work for that spot. Whereas me and Rosie had worked. Like we were, we've been diving together. We were, we started in 2004. She retired in 2016, so like we had that time. And then Kaylee, that was a, a, a young athlete, she was 17 when we started Synchro together. Nobody knew her, uh, so like you had to gain that confidence. That confidence you had to gain yeah. that. So I learned a lot with that as well. Um, being fourth really sucks. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so close. But you kind of like you learn to accept it because you learn to see the positive side and you're like okay well this was good today and this was good and then okay yes that was really bad but that allows me to work on that tomorrow like i can take that moment and work on it so it, it, it took me a long time um but i feel like if you can show the younger generation to like appreciate what you go through um, to, to not always focus on the negative right. and it's, I feel like it's the same thing with everyday things especially like let's say you want to lose weight well it's not going to come like this no. like it, it's, it's a process and you have to be willing to go through that process and okay well I ate this today that was a positive side or I did exactly, this today yeah. I went to work out I, you don't have to work out for 8 hours you can work out your half an hour and that was a positive thing yeah, of the exactly. day so I feel like people need to to realize that things don't come easy and you have to work for them and um, to me it's always you have to look at the positive side and that's what's going to make you not only happier in what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve but it's just going to make you a happier person in general yeah such a good point that you had mentioned how looking for the positive in the negative right a lot of people like you had mentioned something bad happens everything and that was not good yeah you need to do this you need to train on this you need to they have a coach for that. Right. They, they have a trainer. They have someone that is paid to do that. Mm. And is, because I, my coach, won't lie, was an asshole. Sorry for my language, but he was not nice. You heard it here first, guys. Upgrade mentality. But that also brought me to where I am. Mm -hmm. Because he is paid for his job, and his job is to make you the best that you can. Right, right. And it's not your, the parent that is supposed to do that you, the parent is supposed to be there to support right. you had a bad practice today what went bad what went well okay we'll work on it right not be like that not be a second horrible. Coach, yeah right. exactly not like you just got shit from your coach you don't need to get shit from your parents right. like it's to be that supportive parent and that's where my parents were absolutely amazing at that because We'd always have that period of time where I'd come home, how was practice, this was bad, that was bad, and then finished, move on. Move on, We don't yes. talk about it anymore, and that's it. 
Like because the more you dwell on it, the worse it gets. The worse it you, gets. Like you, you think about the negative and oh, I'm not good. And then the questions in your head: It's do I deserve to be there? Am I good enough? Am I ever gonna make it? Am I gonna? So having those both people tell you that you're not good, obviously well, you're not gonna believe in yourself. Yeah. You're not gonna have the confidence to make it. Um, so I feel like I'm like okay, yes, my coach was an asshole. He wasn't like he wasn't mean. He was just like. It was like, okay, that wasn't good. Like, what are you doing? You know how to do it. Why are you not doing it properly? And then it just, it's, it's the way it's said, right? It's not um, like there, there's ways of being mean. Right. It's not right, like, right. Yeah, for sure. You could. <laughs> that's why I said constructive criticism. It's not like you don't want to be mean towards someone. But again, they're in a sport or in school, and those people are. That's their job is to help you get better. It's not your your parents that are. Your parents are just there to support you. Right. So I feel like parents need to know that difference. Um, I've been around plenty of parents that are like, you need to do this, you need to do that, and then you look at them and you're like, but what do you know? Thank God my, my parents are not like yeah. that. Like, they're 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 not mean. They just let me do what I love. Um, so again. Let your child enjoy what they're doing. Like, yes, push. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's there's a way to, to do it. Um, and I feel like the best way to do it is to be supportive. And it's okay to be, like, okay, you had a really bad practice today. Right. Yeah, That's I wonderful. did. Yeah. I really did. And it's, it's to be okay with it. Right. It's not to be mean or arrogant or rude or, because then it's just going to, it's going to turn the person off, the, 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 the kid or the whatever the person is, is not going to want to do it anymore. And that, we, like, we don't want people to quit. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, it, it's better to to go further. Like, to me right now, regardless if I, if I retire today or in six years, I never quit on anything. And that comes from my parents. They mm-hmm. never, like, you, you don't quit on anything. And again, when the fire happened, when the pandemic happened, I could have quit. That wouldn't have been retired to me. Yeah. Like to me, retiring is going all the way, and then being okay with that decision. But quitting, there was the, to me, doesn't exist. You can't quit on something. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, not overcoaching your child, right? Not uh, being too extremist in the <laughs> in the way he, he or she plays, and just being supportive. I yeah. think is very important. Um, now on a more softer, personal, <laughs> lovey-dovey note, uh, we know, for most of us, some of you don't know, mm-hmm. you should know, uh, we know you're dating Alex Dupree, yeah. fullback for the Regina Rough Riders, Saskatchewan, yeah, Regina, if it's in Regina, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, how do you deal as a couple uh, to navigate sacrifice between practices, you're having your own life, he has his own life, um, sacrif- social media always being a part of everything, right? Uh, and also the pressure, all the pressure that comes with it. How do you guys navigate through that? Because even for normal couples, it's difficult, right? As two athletes, uh, how do you guys navigate through all that? I feel like it's easier mm-hmm. being athletes. Right. Because we, like, we know what it is. Um, I didn't have to explain to him that I was an Olympic medalist and I have things to do. I have an agent that takes care of my my Instagram. I have like I didn't have to explain right. that. He just knew, and I knew how he was. And it was always um, because we're athletes. It was never um, oh you should put me first rather than your sport. Like right. no, 
your football comes first, my diving comes first, and then we're a couple. Ah, that's uh, amazing. So I feel guys. like it, it's a lot Take note, guys. You have boys and girls that think that uh, your partner should be the center of the universe and you guys should... I mean, go, why not? Yeah, <laughs> go to the washroom together, go to the groceries together, no. you know? But I just, I, I feel like it, it makes it easier to understand and then... Um, Everything around it is easier. Uh, like he's gonna understand that um, I have to be sometimes in the public eye. Uh, he has to be in the public eye, um, and it, it, it's just so much easier to understand. Right. right. Um, and I feel like we help each other also because we're complete different sports. Yes. Complete different sports, and like I mentioned, he made me understand um, how to look at things positively. Uh, how to find that one thing um, that mattered throughout the day uh, and I feel like it's helped me a lot. Uh, so I feel like we help each other. Um, I'm not saying that it wouldn't work with someone that's not an athlete, but I feel like just both of us being athletes, we're able to help each other in uh, different aspects that we wouldn't necessarily know if we hadn't met each other. Right, makes perfect sense. Um, now, big questions coming up right now, guys. Um, What's your plan for the future, Meg? <laughs> and, 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 there are rumors that you are retiring. Is that true? Well, the plan first, um, is, I don't know right now. Honestly, yeah. I'm even going to answer the retiring one. I'm not retiring yet. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make the right decision, so I want to take my time. Um, I might go another year. I don't know. Uh, I know I said that I might. I was always told your body knows when when you're when you're done. Right. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet. I know mm. my body is still. It needs recovering. Uh, it hurts. It's, yeah. it's still yeah, hurting. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I haven't made the decision. Um, I really, really want to take my time. That's something that I, I sat down with my partner that retired in 2016, Rosie. Uh, she told me, take your time. Right. Just enjoy your time off. Take the time that you need. Um, and it'll just come. It'll come to you. If you want to continue, you'll continue. If you don't, you'll retire. Uh, so I don't know yet. The, just you know to add on what you're saying I think the best decisions in life are made when you take your time to mm -hmm. make them right impulsively when you make decisions impulsively a lot of times you make these decisions based on emotions mm -hmm. but you can feel angry today and feel yeah. happy tomorrow and after tomorrow you can feel sad <laughs> and after that you can so take your time navigate through those, those emotions right and see where the truth lies yeah. because a lot of people sometimes they make hasty decisions on impulsivity and you have to understand that every day our bodies are different our minds are different we're working on different frequencies sometimes we, we might wake up happier than other days so it's important when we make that decision yeah, especially okay one like it. yours yeah. to be okay with it and to make sure it's the proper yeah. decision right yeah and i feel like um i absolutely love diving i still love it um i <laughs> wish i was younger yeah, <laughs> but it can right. continue because i genuinely love diving like there's a reason why i'm still here when i could have retired in 2016 after my two medals i could have been like okay i did what i wanted to do was to medal twice in one olympics i did um but no i i still had it in me i still love the sport uh, my coach was like no you you can still go like there's there's right. a lot in you that can come out um so that's one of the reasons why i continued but i love diving i love the sport mm. of diving um 
so that's why it's, it's a hard decision because I could go another year. I will not go to 2024. That's way too far. Um, I kind of want to move on with life. Right, well. right, for sure. Um, but one more year, maybe. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's why it's a it's a it's a difficult decision. But I want to make sure it's the right one. Um, and then the plan is. Um, I want to go back to school. Like I said, I, I, I absolutely love school. I didn't stop school because I hated it. I didn't go because I didn't want to get bad grades because in high school I was really good in school. So um, to me there was no way that I was going to fail or something. Right. So I wanted to really focus on uh, diving at that moment. Um, so yeah, so I want to go back to school in uh, early childhood education nice. uh, to eventually open a daycare with my sisters. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both educators, so um, again, coming from a big family, we have a lot of little cousins. Yes, they do, um, guys. I can, uh, so, I can, uh, I can. <laughs> so we've been around kids almost all our life. Um, so yeah, so opening a, a daycare will be uh, the next dream. Um, now, two last fun little questions I got for you oh, and to wrap this up. <laughs> Countries, you visit a lot of them, right? You visit a lot of countries, training in different countries, competing in different countries. Which did you like the most and why? To, so I'll say the, the prettiest pool that I've ever dove in was Barcelona. Okay, uh, right. The view was insane. It had the Sagrada Familia, wow. right? Like right. the pictures. You Crazy! See, it's yeah, an outdoor pool, wow. uh, outdoor pool. So that was the prettiest pool I've ever been to. Um, but my favorite country is Australia. Mm. Um, With the Aussies. Yeah, and uh, it's just the the people there just make you feel like home. It, they're they're very similar to Canadians. They're yeah. very uh, family. They're very close. They're very. I mean, if you look throughout the pandemic, they're they're shut. They yes. don't want anybody there. So yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It just shows what kind of country they are. Like they're 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 very close. Um, and just being there was it, it's beautiful. The people are nice. The the the, the cities are beautiful. Uh, the country is is amazing their beaches are beautiful uh so that to me is god damn you australians <laughs> for your beaches you have no freaking beach when <laughs> so that that's my favorite country uh but the most prettiest pool was barcelona wow and lastly last question if you were a fighter slash wrestler boxer whatever you want what would be your coming out song? How about like Diver walking out for a parade? I do, that works <laughs> it makes too. Makes more sense, I don't see myself as a fighter. Um, but I'd have to go with uh, The Champion from Carrie Underwood. Okay. Uh, and that was a song that me and Kaylee uh, played quite often. Even Jennifer uh, Abel, uh, we had it on a couple of times throughout the Olympics. It's just, um, it's a song that it motivates you. Right. But like her lyrics in the song are perfect for athletes uh, to get them motivated and, and want to work hard towards your dream. Well, yeah. that's amazing. Um, Megan, I want to thank you so much for being here. Before letting you go, I have to give you a little spiel about what I think about you. <laughs> and honestly, guys, um, I've known uh, Megan for a long time as a person. I know who she was. Because obviously in the Portuguese community, we're like, Megan Benfero, Megan Benfero, Megan Benfero. Uh, my family knows her family. Uh, her cousin is my brother's best friend. Um, I want to say how impressed I am about you. Not only as an athlete for all the accolades, guys, I can run over these cards and all these gold medals and all everything. 
but also just as a person, how humble you are as an individual, how uh, respectful you are. I've had her a couple of times at the gym, and every time she said make a spiel, and every time she's like, ah, oh, here he goes again, okay? But honestly, I want to say how much I appreciate you as a person, how, uh, how much of an inspiration you are, not just for me as a Russo-Canadian, but also for all Canadians, women and men alike, and how much uh, of an inspiration and motivation you are for kids that maybe say, well, diving is not for me, it's not, well listen, you have a proof of a person that came from nothing that's made it pretty far, right, winning all these medals. And uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the first episode Yay. of Upgrade Mentality. Guys, this show is going to be uploaded on obviously iTunes or, or um, what's the other one? Uh, Spotify. My Spotify, thank you. <laughs> but it's also going to be uploaded on YouTube, okay? And I'll put the name of the song on uh, the credits underneath. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so thank much, Nego, for the amazing interview. You were amazing. Guys, have yourselves an amazing day. This is all for your first episode of Upgrade Mentality. Megan Benfero, thank, thank you. you so much. Guys, have yourself a great day. And if you want to say something... Uh, well, no, off. congrats to you. And uh, I'll be watching. I'm excited to watch. <laughs> thank you so much. Guys, enjoy your night. Take it easy. Ciao.